beautiful there's a silence that comes with snow and it's lovely i mean um thompson park uh just between the dog parks and the actual walking trail park uh sitting basically sitting in the woods it's just lovely surrounded by trees not quite comfortable uh the benches are covered in snow so i'm sitting parked on the edge, the back edge of the chair, like it's about two inches wide. Not quite big enough for my fat arse, but yo, ooh, uh, it's better than standing. And it's just such a lovely scene. There's a couple of cabins, you know, cabanas or shelters in place, roofs covered in snow, and it's just it's just a fresh white. There's tracks here and there. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, this is an old man who's gone out for a walk, and he's decided he needs to talk to you. Um, I only put out a podcast yesterday, Friday, today's Saturday morning, or noonish, and, uh, the sun was shining, it's not now, but it's still, it's, uh, not nearly as cold as it, cold as it has been. So I drove to the dog park, and, uh, wanted to share my thoughts about dogs with you. I grew up in a cat family, but, it, you know, I love dogs. I love animals, you know, anything. Give me a goat, cow. But um, dogs I like, but I am a little particular when it comes to a favorite. I, I don't like, I just noticed, I, I watched, there had to have been at least two dozen dogs just romping around in the first big field. Um, and it's just fun to watch. They just... They frolic, they romp, they're uninhibited, they're excited, and they know how to play. Like, there were no dogs fighting. You weren't hearing growling and snarling. They were playing. They just knew, oh, goody, goody, my friends are here. Like little children running up to greet a, a, you know, a friend at the sandbox. So that's just nice in itself to see. But right away I singled out which dogs I would like to, you know, come up to me and pat and dogs with no tail, you know, it's just, bam, there's, there's just like a little stump. Oh, I don't like those. Short hair in general, I don't like. Flat face, I'm not fond of. So, sorry to all you pug owners out there, uh, like Shane. Uh, it, you know, it, it, I understand why you love these dogs, but no, not for me. Sorry. I want, I want a snout. I like a dog with a long nose. Uh, the ideal when I was a little kid, um, our friends in Valleyfield, uh, Graham, who I visited in uh, Florida last time I went there, they had a collie. Uh, oh, what was its name? I knew the name. Anyway, and it was just that was the ideal dog. Glassy, of course, is on TV, but it was just the long fur, the long nose. And just gentle and friendly. That, to me, was the ideal dog. But uh, the Nova Scotia guy, he's only ever had, uh, well, except for a mutt the family had, 
uh, Samoyeds, and they're beautiful. That thick, thick white fur. And I got always every time I visited, I was very close. In particular, the last, uh, the last, the last one. They they've had a few, Bayoth and Took and uh, what was the last one? I can't remember the name. But uh, th- that's a dog. Um, not fond of German shepherds. Certainly not fond of Dobermans. Um, and, you know, if I was ever to adopt a dog, I never would be, so it's silly to play this game, but I would go to a, a, pound, a city pound and adopt a, a poor, you know, mongrel mix. Uh, poodle's never crazy about. So, anyway, I guess, <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to share. I don't want to insult any of you dog owners out there, because you all have your own, and, and for different reasons. I, I was very touched uh, and I guess it's okay to talk about this now when uh, Jason talked about how his dog, when he was angry at him, would go into the other room, park his nose in the other room, and, and just show that I'm not pleased with you. And and that that kind of relationship, that kind of connection, is just what is so absolutely wonderful about having pets. I mean, I have it with Yuki on on a different level. Like, she just lets me know when she's just angry, when I'm not, you know, when she's not comfortable on my lap. And the tail will wag and she'll snarl. Um, and, and anyway, it's just, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. But this, this kind of breeding that goes on for all you specialty dogs that often involve huge vet bills, that's another reason why I wouldn't have a dog. I just wouldn't want to have to take it to the vet or say, no, sorry, I can't afford that treatment. Put them down. Ooh, that would be hard. So uh, I'll stick with cats and, and uh, ideally cats that find us like the uh, the last two because they needed homes. So anyway, there's my bit on dogs. Sorry, I hope it didn't offend anybody out there. I haven't, have yet to meet Doug's dog and I know it's a real cutie. I've seen the pictures. Uh, Doug has been uh, keeping a pretty low profile. I haven't heard much of Doug on social media at all, and I, I know probably these are not the easiest times at all. Uh, yeah, that, that moves me to my next topic. Coming over here, listening to the news, listening to people uh, facing eviction notices because they haven't paid the rent because they haven't they've lost their job at whether low level security job or whatever. The number of people laid off and landlords saying, "Okay, you're three months behind. Time to get out, buddy." Uh, and this, here was one story of a guy with a pregnant wife, you know, wondering what he's going to do and lawyers saying, okay, we're going to give free, you know, I got a hundred lawyers lined up, give you a free half hour just to prepare yourself, uh, for these cases that drag through the courts. Uh, the government does have to step in, but I think, oh my God, here we are with a house and, and all the luxuries and comforts we have. And, uh, uh, now still being able to work, you know, it's it's different, but still getting a, a paycheck coming in, and it's just it's as if, it's as if COVID hasn't touched me. Yeah, I can't can't drive down to Windsor and visit Tom and Shane and uh, hang out in the Fog Lounge. Um, what sort of what sort of price is that that I'm paying? It's nothing, and I rolled so gently into this COVID lockdown because I had my surgery uh, just over a year ago. A year ago this month, just the last week, I guess would have been one year. I had the knee done, and then just went comfortably from the hospital into the uh, rehab. And and actually, I know I podcast from there. It was the most 
wonderful time I've had, I guess, in the past year. Uh, a highlight of just, yeah, I kind of like that somebody bringing meals to me three times a day. Of, you know, what would you like, pudding or jello? And, uh, uh, you know, you, yeah, I'm ready for a bath. Can you give me some help here? It was just, it was just wonderful. I've never had, never been in that situation before, an extended stay in a hospital overnight and being looked after like that. Um, it, it was, it was just, it was amazingly good. And then from there, okay, home and graduate. I remember the very first bath. Now I had to help me into the tub. I had a little stand or a chair for the inside the bath I could sit on, and then just gradually, yeah, I can handle this. And now. This morning, going up and downstairs, it just it takes me harder. It's more effort, and this is not because of the artificial knee. That, that's part of it. Can't put weight on it, uh, but the neuropathy and the lack of balance and so on. So I mean, but all these things sort of came gradually, and it's prepared me for today uh, to be a, an old man who's decided. Yeah, I just want to think. I want to watch the dogs for a little while today, and then maybe. Take a nice walk in the snow, and that is incredibly comfortable. This is this is this is wonderful. This this is luxury. What? You can go to a dog park and watch the dogs for free? Yeah. Just I even have a handicapped spot to park in, and uh, and then walk in this wonderful, glorious park in the middle of Scarborough. It's just all I'm seeing is trees. Not a building in sight except for these little. Booths where you can uh, take shelter from the rain when you're out with your fa- for your family barbecue, and a few little uh, benches to sit on and enjoy the scenery. It's all really quite wonderful. So maybe I'll just stop there and share this, uh, the wonderment, and and maybe the the good part of of being old. Um, all right, now I'll spoil it and I'll add in a P.S. Managed to solve some financial problems for my accountant yesterday, and that felt good too. That I just I, I tracked the bank down. There was a mysterious figure of six hundred and twenty-seven dollars I could not account for, and it was branch to branch. And my accountant needs to know: Hey, did your your company just pay you six hundred and twenty-seven dollars? Why? And it just didn't make any sense at all. I had no recollection of it, and, and not a good paper trail this time. I, I did fall off. I guess maybe the point of this story is along with being an old man, you know, watching the dogs, uh, I am a little less organized in terms of my business. Another good reason why it, it was time to stop. And, you know, there's, I should not, I should have been able to know right away what is, what was that money for? So I called the World Bank, got a lovely lady on the phone who tracked it down, took a few minutes and, oh, yeah, okay, that was in this particular branch. And what you did was you took that money out in cash and you bought 50,000 Japanese yen. Mystery solved. It it was wonderful to solve that. And it's oh yeah okay. So wait a minute. That was October. Oh yes, the week before my wife went to Japan. So the question is, was that a legitimate company expense or uh, or not? And of course, my wife is a shareholder of the company, and uh, I needed reports back on what's what's the situation in Japan. What are they facing now? Uh, can you update me? So we'll we'll I'll let her decide whether uh, that's taxable income or not. Uh, shouldn't be even sharing that, but it was just, it was like, wow, I solved a problem 
Uh, that and another couple of problems, too. You know, another figure for $1,900. What's that for? Oh, okay. Track down the paper on that one. Or not the paper. Uh, PDF files. Okay. From here to here to here to here. Ah, now it makes sense. Anyway, uh, problems solved. And it, it was a great feeling of satisfaction. There you go. Jesus. Probably spoiled this whole clip by adding that in. But it's just... Ah, what is it? The, the pettiness of my life, maybe? The little things that make us feel satisfied when you're not, you know, 25 years old, but you're 72 years old? Oh, here comes a lady walking two white dogs. Lovely scene. I'm going to stop here and enjoy just the passing of the dogs. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, Bluffer's Dog Park. Bye for now. Yeah, that's a good lab one. Okay, boys and girls, Tuesday afternoon, just after four, I've just come down the basement and, uh, can't say made a discovery, but opened the closet where I keep all my old vinyl LPs. By God, I've got a lot of them. And, like, we're dealing with the classics, like virtually all the Beatles, all Pink Floyd, and then just lots of other stuff from, you know, the 60s, early 70s that uh, are uh, gold. They're all, none of them are in great shape. You played them and played them and played them. But what I did was hauled out a few to put, I'm stacking things on a chair here. Um, On the chair, I've already got Jerry and the Pacemaker's Greatest Hits. And only people of a certain age would even know who they were. Um, The album for Hair... JB and the Playboys, Montreal Band. And then I've got two Joni Mitchell, Ladies of the Canyon, and uh, Don Juan's Reckless Daughter. Not uh, not such a well-known album by her. Ladies of the Canyon, of course, is. But I went into the closet looking for Joni Mitchell. And I came out with a, a double set here that I must have bought this recently because I don't recall this at all. The Beach Boys Deluxe Set. I know Deja Vu sells vinyl and not always expensive. More than 30 of their greatest hits. And it's a wonderful one because it's it's not just vintage Beach Boys, but it's got stuff like Pet Sounds and uh, a lot of songs that I didn't even know. Oh, I know. It's from different albums. Pet Sounds, Summer Days and Summer Nights, The Beach Boys Today, and, uh, yeah, so from those three albums, I guess, they picked out 36 songs produced by Brian Wilson. Um, so, God, I, I don't think I've even played this damn thing and, and no recollection of buying it. But then uh, I'm delighted to find uh, two Brubeck albums. I think I already had one. Yes. God damn it. So now I've got three Brubeck albums. This is... Uh, the greatest hits, and then the the new the ones I found today, uh, Time Out, and that's got Take Five, Blue Ronda, La Turk, Everybody's Jumping, Pick Up Sticks, Kathy's Waltz, Fabulous, Three to Get Ready, and then another Brubeck, Time Further Out, uh, with a lovely uh, mural painting on the cover. It's a Raggy Walls, Bluette, Charles Matthew, Hallelujah. God, it's rude of me to... Um, um, talk while I'm not playing an album, but all the albums are sitting on top of the record player. 
Hang on, we're gonna we're gonna fix that. We're gonna put an album on the background, so uh, just just stay tuned. Hang on. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. Um, these albums they need to be cleaned, or the vinyl needs to be cleaned. It looks like we've even got mold on them. Um, this is from uh, Time Further Out. Absolutely had. To- oh, hang on, it's not plugged in properly. It's gonna be a bit of a jolt. Here we go. Now, it might sound shitty from where you are uh, listening in here, but uh, for me, it's just a treat to have to be down to have reclaimed my basement bar and to be able to play my old vinyl. So, where was I? I was going through the ones I had, and I got really excited when I saw the Brubeck. Then I found an album, and it has to be, it must have been. My son's album, although I don't remember my son's, they wouldn't be of an age to even buy albums. Tears for Fears, The Hurting. And so I took that out, thought, oh, i got to listen to that. Like, definitely, that's not one of mine. Uh, and then the treasure trove of Joni Mitchell. I mentioned the ones I've already got. And there's this wonderful one I love, Hayira, H-E-J-I-R-A, Hayira, Hayira. The hissing of summer lawns. That's a dandy, dandy, dandy. And then back into the, her earlier vintage days. Mingus. Oh, Mingus, the jazz album. Uh, in memory of Charles Mingus. Okay, what else have I got? By Joni Mitchell. Um, and it's just a, it's a thrill to have these. This just says Joni Mitchell on it. Got to have a name. Might not. I had a king, Michael from the mountains. All oh, those are just delightful songs. Song to a seagull. It just might be just Joni Mitchell. It's got all the lyrics, lovely pictures. Okay, and then um, clouds. Didn't play that one as often. And it's got one of her paintings on the cover, or some of her artwork. They always do. Clouds, Chelsea Mornings on that. Okay, and then one more, Court and Spark. That was another classic. So, one crazy weekend when I had my first apartment in North Vancouver, um, and I had to paint it, I went out and bought three Joni Mitchell albums, those earlier ones, uh, Clouds, um, Court and Spark. Actually, these three, I guess, the three I did, the last three I just mentioned. And I think I had the assistance of some capsule or something that I took to help me paint. It wasn't speed. It was like to get a little high. It was pretty mild, I think. But anyway, and I just, all weekend, I painted and listened to the Joni Mitchell nonstop. So there you go. And one more last one. I think my good friend uh, Jason, uh, Tennessee Jake, would enjoy this one. The New Christy Minstrels. Exciting new folk chorus under the direction of Randy Sparks. And it shows these folkies. They're all holding guitars. About a dozen guys and a couple of cute-looking women. This land is your land. Deep Blue Sea, Don't Cry, Suzanne. The Cotton Picker song, Railroad Bill. And that's the one that I just play again and again. Big Rock Candy Mountain, California, I.O. I Know Where I'm Going. That's another beauty. Uh, In the Pines. Wellingbrook. Well, and 900 Miles. Just classic folk, uh, but by a group. 
And that would have been my brother's album. I didn't buy that one. It was my brother's that I decided I liked more than he did. So there you go. That was just so... You know, just little things make me so goddamn excited. And it's so much fun. Um, I don't know... Uh, if that music is a distraction or not, it, it's just, I, it just, bam, I'm feeling fired up and energized. It's been a good day. I started off, you know, there was only a light dusting of snow, so got out there and dusted off my wife's car before she left to work, and then had a men's group session on um, Zoom, our monthly men's group, uh, a spin-off of the church. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Um, a spin-off, uh, a dozen, no, three, yeah, about a dozen people today. And, um, we do a check-in and how are you feeling and how has COVID affected you and what, what values have changed? This is the question to everybody. What values, inner values have changed in you and, and will they last post-COVID? You know, what, what changes have you experienced or feeling and, and, uh, are these permanent lifelong changes or not? Um, I'd said this is just the most comfortable year forever for me. Like I've I've just ridden out this COVID time, the the lockdown. It's just flowed beautifully from having my surgery a year ago, and um, it's it's been pleasant. And then the the leading up to the productivity of putting out my book, and before we started early on, we were just logging in. Somebody who bought my book raved about it and said, yeah, and I and it just. He wasn't put up. He wasn't being polite. He was just saying, Ken, I'm really enjoying your book. You've led an interesting life. And uh, and, you, and he said, you know, you tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. You're, you're sharing it all. It's not just all the fun times. And, boy, that made me feel so good because you, you always have some doubts. Or you're always looking, as I mentioned on this podcast often. You're always looking for some feedback. Tell me something nice. Tell me something nice, Mommy. <laughs> and uh by god it was so good to hear because it was so genuine it was so natural and he was he was just gushing i'm really enjoying your book and uh, doing it bit by bit you know like you told me you know slowly and uh i've just i've had from anybody i've heard back from i've had very positive feedback and i mean god that's a good feeling it really really is so uh okay so how do we, oh, yeah, so then we went on, and then the the, the next question was sort of a, a science question about um, the universe, the, 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 the trying to under, come to terms with understanding the universe. I guess that's it. And I thought I would uh, read those questions out to you. Got to go to the mail, correct mailbox to see. Um, so... The this person went the latest theories about uh, to deal with astronomy overall about the universe. There was no Big Bang. This is number one. One choice. A universe was created over a relatively short time, but unknown length of time. Uh, where did the material that now composes our universe come from? Scientists no idea. Number two, our universe has roughly ninety million years in diameter. Beyond its further edge, there is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And number three, our universe is growing larger at an increasingly faster rate. Where is the energy that now makes everything within it accelerate to faster and faster speeds? Unknown. Scientists say black matter is responsible. 
And what is black matter? Scientists have no freaking idea. How will the universe end? Scientists say there are three possibilities. First, it will continue to accelerate until everything eventually reaches the speed of light. An impossibility. What then? No idea. Second, the expansion of the universe will stop, and it will eventually collapse into a solid lump from which the area where Big Bang originated. Mm -hmm. Possibly there will be an explosion and everything will start over again. We've heard that theory before. You know, there's just a series of Big Bangs. Scientists have no idea. Third, uh, the expansion of the universe will eventually stop. No expansion, no collapse. All energy is slowly dissipated. Nothing more happens. End of story. Uh, As usual, scientists are clueless, but many of them like this possibility best. So it was just something for us to think about and chew over. And my response was, we need more Alan Watts in the conversation. So uh, I sent everybody a link afterwards to some Alan Watts quotes about the universe, how the universe uh, peoples itself and we are the eyes we are the reflection of the universe looking at itself and so on anyway good stuff but uh that's the kind of stuff that comes from a a group of you know people youngest being 65 oldest uh well we didn't have today somebody in their 90s but most people you know close to close to 80 but um 75 maybe average i don't know but thinking people you know still wanting to and this this is even though it was a spin-off from the church Jesus doesn't come into the conversation very often. Uh, it is just, you know, sort of philosophy. How are you doing? And, uh, you know, maybe sometimes it talks about aging and so on. Anyway, it was just a wonderful way to spend two hours of the day. And uh, then, gosh, a Dirk Bogard movie, a little nap, uh, some work on my computer. I see I got an answer from my... Uh, um, my dear accountant, Virginia. So I'm going to deal with those other things. I just want to check in with you. This is a checking in, Ken checking in, and uh, from a very happy place, uh, a little bit of joy down here finding old vinyl. I didn't even mention the dozens upon dozens upon dozens of CDs that are also in that closet that I haven't even had the time to uh, consider playing. Uh, for today, it's going to be uh, Brubeck and Johnny Mitchell. Scarborough Dude signing off from the basement bar. Take care. Bye for now. Okay, now that would be the exact same bell, or same sounding bell, as the one you would have heard in the basement if I was ringing it from there. However, I'm ringing it from the dashboard of the Toyota. Hang on, we got to get our windows open. There we go. Oh, the sun is coming out. Looks to be a nice day. Yeah. Why is it, why are the windows opening? I have the ignition shut off. There's not supposed to be any power. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, Bluffers Park uh, in the boat launch area. They've blocked off the other parking lot. Damn it! The uh, cat side where you get a better view of Lake Ontario. Now you're looking into the inlet where the boats go out. But it's still uh, still lovely, and uh, my plan is to go for a walk from here. 
You hear some of the uh, geese, maybe? Oh, swans, geese, ducks. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, listen. Um, it's a new day. It is a Wednesday. And um, I got a package in the mail. And I'm going to open that with you right now. Now, what really bothers me, being a little bit, um, what is this, you know, we obsessive-compulsive disorder, maybe, like, it really bothers me to rip this. I want to get a clean pair of scissors and just cut the top very nicely, very smoothly. Uh, but I don't have scissors in the car, so I'm going to have to do a tear job because I wanted you along for the opening if... if uh, if our friend Jake in Tennessee can share a car wash with you, surely I can open a package with you. So, uh, hang on. Oh. Oh, oh, it's hopeless. You know, I might not. It just bothers me so much to... And I should have a knife in the car. Well, hang on. Hang on, maybe I've got one in my bag. Well, I should, but what have I got in the bag? No. You'd think I'd have that kind of stuff handy for emergencies like this, but uh, I got cookies. Damn, those cookies aren't supposed to be here either. Shit. I got gummies. That's not supposed to be in here. Oh, 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 oh. Hang on. Wow, it's a lighter. It's rolling papers. And a, another lighter. Come on, come on. There used to always be a knife in here. Shit. That really bothers me. You know, come on, a backpack. You gotta have... Stuff you need. Extra earbuds, masks, but not a. I mean, I could I could burn it open. Ah, oh, shit! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! A ruler, even. I got a ruler. I don't have a knife. All right. I don't know, maybe you won't get this thing open with me. Hang on, I got one more bag where I keep my... What's in here? Batteries, rubber bands. If it was the road track, I'd have one. No, spare USBs. Ah, damn. Batteries. Wasting a lot of time on this, you know. Another lighter... Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. All right, teeth. Now it's the teeth. Yeah, like my cat ripped it. All right, I can deal with that. It. Oh, these are, you know these are that kind of plastic that will never die. It'll be around for a thousand years. Here, I'm getting it out. Okay, two things. One is a card. Oh, it's a piece of cardboard with nothing on it. Nothing on it. A cardboard, nothing on it. Paper, paper, and here we are. Bingo. 
hemp oil, 594 milligrams, natural health product. Now, Ben Mulrooney, uh, son of um, former Prime Minister Brian Mulrooney, is on TV, and he put an ad out. Apparently, he was in a battle with the big companies for marketing this and undercutting their prices. Hemp seed oil, uh, Canada, cannabis sativa, Canada sativa seed, 20% alpha linolenic acid, non-medical ingredients, flavor, hmm, hemp oil, Ontario Farms, so 330 milliliters, one ounce. Recommended oral dosage for adults. Take one dosage, 20 drops, one time a day. One dosage, 20 drops, one time a day. Store in airtight container, protected from light, refrigerate after opening. Caution and warning, if you are pregnant or breastfeeding, consult a health care practitioner. Now, I'm guessing there's no THC... Uh, in here. This is just for the body. But um, I'm reluctant to open it. Um, So, I don't know, maybe on this podcast, before it's ended, maybe you will hear the results of me testing this new little product. It's a lovely package. I'm glad I got it. All I have to do is pay $6 for the shipping. And it's a free sample. And it's a good amount. Alright, so, there. that, That fun is over. Um... I've got something else to talk about. Now, you have heard, this is, today is the uh, February 24th. You will have heard that Tiger Woods was in an accident. Car accident, uh, driving probably too fast, uh, flipped over, rolled off the road, hit a, hit the middle bar, flipped, anyway, rolled. Uh, top news story all over, including the damn Canadian news. Now, he's famous, and he's a celebrity, and he's a star. And I like Tiger Woods, and I cheered him on with his comeback and so on. But something else happened that you will not hear about on mainstream news. Lawrence Ferlinghetti died. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I wonder, I doubt, I know Milan saw the ad. On, if you follow social media... You may have picked up on this. But if you're only getting your news from television, which I don't think applies to any of my listeners, um, you wouldn't have heard about this. A much more important story in terms of the cultural impact, the importance of this man on Western culture. And that was Lawrence Ferlinghetti. passed away at age 101. Wasn't a murder. Wasn't anything graphic. Wasn't COVID even. Uh, He died. He was an old man. He lived a full life. Now, if you don't know who Lawrence Ferlinghetti was, um, you're forgiven. I will just give you a little bit of an update. But really, my, my point for all of this is it's such a reflection of our culture that somebody who's who had some scandal, who's had some surgery, who made a comeback, who was maybe mistreated by his father, who knows... Marriage in turmoil, caught, you know, swearing at his wife, traffic accident, all kinds of stuff to make the news from somebody who made his living, you know, being one of the all-time great golfers. But somebody who was a poet, a writer, who founded 
City Lights Bookshop, City Lights Publishing, who uh, was a, a, a well-known port in his own right, Coney Island of the Mind, who uh, helped people like Neil Cassidy get his book going, who published Howl, who published Allen Ginsberg's Howl. So let me just read a little bit now, okay? Intensely private and fiercely political, Mr. Ferlinghetti became a household name in the 1950s when he stood trial on obscenity charges for publishing Allen Ginsberg's hallucinatory anti-establishment manifesto, Howl. That was big news. The trial brought attention from around the world for Ginsberg, his ecstatically irreverent poem, and by extension, the entire beat a generation, a roving band of hipsters, poets, and artists who rebelled against the country's conservatism, conservatism, experimenting with literary form as well as with drugs, sex, and spirituality. Okay, we know about the beat movement. The Howl episode also cast Mr. Ferlinghetti as a heroic defender of free speech and a stalwart friend of the creative fringe. In the resulting glare, City Lights became one of San Francisco's most enduring institutions. At once a source of edge of mainstream books, a gathering place for the city's wandering, wandering artists, and a pilgrimage site for anarchists, radicals, and liberal activists. So, that is... Um, that is a little bit about Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I'm going to read just a section from my <laughs> one of his poems. Christ climbed down from his bare tree this year and ran away to where no intrepid Bible salesman covered the territory in two-tone Cadillacs. Yeah, that's beautiful. He was the last of the Bohemians rather than the first of the Beats. He was sort of like a godfather to the Beats, the way Henry Miller was. Uh, he was as responsible as any single other person for the rise of the Beats, the end of obscenity laws, and not least, the transformation of San Francisco from a backwater province to a vibrant artistic center. So there you go. And to me, you know, I mean, I don't expect it because... Your average person sitting in front of a TV watching the news doesn't care about the arts, about literature, about, uh, you know, the literary establishment, uh, about pioneers, about obscenity. They just don't care. But Tiger Woods, oh, yeah, what's going on, man? It just It's disturbing. Uh, there is another wonderful poem. Um, I wrote it down somewhere else. Don't have it with me. But anyway, I just felt the need. This was just a couple of days ago, uh, but completely overshadowed. Not even overshadowed, Just it just wasn't a news item other than small chronicles, local papers out of San Francisco for sure. It would have been in print somewhere, but certainly not televised media. All right. So I guess I can move on from there and let that go. I do have to go for a walk. Um, and, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I'm done with this for now. I'm not going to try the hemp oil now, uh, but I will. I have some left over from the first time. Uh, I, you know, I've got oil, I've got grass, I've got uh, cookies, uh, you know, I've got, I've got tons of stuff, gummies, 
from various different places that I'm that I'm not using. It's just not part of my life, it seems, anymore. And maybe it should be. Maybe I should go back to just having a little a little uh, toot once in a while. It just, I guess it doesn't seem necessary. I'm, I'm, I'm leading a very domestic, quiet home life. And uh, and I'm, I'm sure my wife prefers it this way. It's like I saw pictures of wearing the T-shirt that uh, I was given by uh, our good friend, um, the Rickster. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. You know, it's just black with big, bold, full-size white letters. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. And um, it showed up on a number of family occasions, pictures. And that shirt has disappeared. And I'm sure when it went down for a washing one time, it just never made it back up. And I see some other shirts that just, no, they've never resurfaced. My wife has a way of, she's just completely recycling clothes all the time. But to me, clothes are something, especially T-shirts you hang on to. Like I had to rescue a... uh, uh, a Sheen and Tom squeeze box shirt that had a hole in the armpit. And I saw, oh, it's in the room where she sometimes does some sewing. And I, and I went to grab it. And she said, oh, I was just going to sew up that armpit. And I was a little, really? Yeah. Or anyway, uh, just, you know, hey, I'm better off for it. Uh, I have to learn to get rid of stuff myself. But there are some things that are just keepers. And uh, anything about Shane and Tom squeeze box is a keeper for sure. All right. And I guess I can live without the fuck you, you fucking fuck shirt. But, uh, yeah, at least it's there in photos. Oh, they, they, yeah, that's the next topic. I'm cleaning up photos. I have nineteen over 19,000 digital photos backed up on uh, an Apple server. And... I don't need all of them. Many of them were taken for work, for my study tours that I could easily get rid of. Um, some were like duplicates or very close, you know, five shots of the same and only one of them is the one you want to keep. And none of them were, la- or very few were labeled. So I've got keywords and what I'm doing now, I've gone through a few years already, is opening up each photo cropping it if it needs to be or doing any tweaking that's necessary and then applying keywords some of the podcast some of the keywords are podcasters friends me family artsy kenji's art um the rock you know things like that so that in future if i can get through the whole lot i'll be able to organize uh, be, stay better organized because I am worried, uh, digital photos are just, it's like the letters that I published. Those are real copies of real handwritten letters. And it's the same for photos. When you when the, when you go digital all the way, there's a chance of losing them or they're never surfacing again. And nobody's going to go looking for them. And, uh, and, and it would be a shame. So uh, there were some that just brought me joy seeing the faces, you know, especially podcaster friends, Mark and Bob and others. Okay, all right, time for the walk. Scarborough Dude signing off. Bye for now. What interpretation of that spooky area of quantum mechanics do you favor? Well, first of all, I, I think I don't think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate phenomenon in the world that's separate from the laws of matter. I think we should aspire to describe consciousness as an emergent property of matter. I don't think we've quite got there yet, but I don't see any showstoppers in, in neurobiology mm. is, is proceeding nicely. And, uh, you know, 
we have understood at a molecular level metabolism and heredity and I well, this, is, this is yet another dangerous door to open <laughs> let's not open the door of so, consciousness anyway so 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 I don't think I certainly don't think we need to inject consciousness into the description of quantum mechanics then does that leave you with the many worlds interpretation I, I don't think you know I don't think you know we, we do experiments with measuring instruments and and they register results and I don't think anyone has to observe those results in order for them to be stable and valid and so and it's just and you know I think the early universe, which we described using quantum mechanics very successfully, no one was around to observe mm -hmm. any of it. And so uh, so I, I just, I have no sympathy whatsoever for those kinds of... Okay, ideas. so you, you don't like the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics, or the, does that oh, make I you... Oh, I do like that. No, no, I like a version of the Copenhagen interpretation, which I don't think is incompatible with that idea. I mean, the observer doesn't have to be a human. It could be mm. a, a machine or an apparatus. The many worlds interpretation is... Well, I think it's mostly a play on words, actually. I think the description I gave you earlier, and we talked quite a bit about the underlying reality being a wave function, but we don't know it completely. I think that's that's the formalism of quantum mechanics, and it's been very, very successful. There's, it's never failed. <laughs> and so I think we're talking about the interpretation of this formalism. All, all competent practitioners know how to use it and will agree on the answers. And then... When you talk, then there's a, a question of sort of how you talk about the fact that we have incomplete knowledge of the wave function. Turn that down. That's just to set the mood here. Sitting in the park car at uh, Bluffers Beachside. It is Thursday afternoon, getting on for 1 o'clock. That's 1 in the p.m. And um, gosh, dolly, gee, I'm glad I found this. This is Country Bad Boys, a CD I had hiding in the basement. Now, you've heard, if you listen to this podcast, this issue in the uh, edition or whatever uh and the one prior to this i've been hauling out lps my old vinyl and getting really excited about it and then yesterday of course i found oh my god there's an awful lot of um cds in here so today i dug through them and like right away i'm thinking wait a minute i got the bulk of my cd collection is in the road track i got a smaller one here in the um you know i got about a dozen cds here in the um uh, Toyota, but the main travel collection is in Cell. And I thought, well, then how come I got more than a dozen Leonard Cohen CDs in the basement, in this closet? Like, these should be, you know, on active duty in, in the road trek, you know. You got to have. So I'm going to have to find. I've got them all up as. as um, liners on both sides, passenger and driver's seat, like a little shelf. 
and I must have 60, 70 CDs packed into these things, you know, and stacks of 10 at a time. And I've got to organize that somehow. And then I've got a closet with the stereo, and then I've got two shelves worth of CDs there, you know, nicely organized in an actual CD rack. So I'm going to have to... Oh, oh, Jesus. Hang on. Uh, Go through... No, fuck. That. I've got three bottles with me today. You wouldn't believe the fuss I had getting out here. Anyway, i got to go through the road trek and make room for those. And then meanwhile, that we'll, we'll try them out in the car. So I've got with me... Uh, just a handful. A walk on the wild side. The, the side. The best of Lou Reed, six ninety nine used. That's a good one. Uh, a playlist from Uncut. You know I love those Uncuts with the Warren Zevon and uh, a lot of other the Water Boys. This is from May two thousand seven. Then Ebenezer Obi, uh, Chief Ebenezer Obi. Music I listened to in Nigeria. Juju Jubilations. I would have bought that here. Uh, but great to have, you know, here's a song, well, the first cut, 18, 15, 18 minutes long. Uh, last one is uh, 19 minutes. You know, these are the stuff that you used to dance to. You get up on the dance floor with a beer in your hand and a, I was going to say a whore, but a, a, a lady who from the bar you were at, and you'd just be up there dancing and just having a blast. Um, that is described, by the way, uh, I think fairly well in my uh, in the book. Still have copies available. Let us say that you know. Um, the best of the Rolling Stones, jump back, and that's a good you know, remastered using the latest twenty bit technology from the original masters. Uh, some good cuts there, of course. You want that. So anyway, that that's just a sampling of. Uh, basically the reason why it took me so long to get out of the house. Now, I was thinking today, it's sunny. This would be the perfect day to have the road trek out on the road. But I, it would take me an hour to get it ready, simply because, I mean, besides plugging and unplugging, um, coiling up the, uh, the, the, the electricity, you know, the, the plugger in there, the cable... And then putting stuff away because I got a shelf out and I have stuff in the sink. It's just a mess. There's a bit of a disaster uh, yesterday. I noticed. Oh, I went to the fridge to get my uh, goodies. That's the next topic, by the way. Um, and the fridge wasn't on. Holy shit! God damn! I hope that's not broken. And of course, right away I thought, well, wait a minute. The battery's going down. Check the battery. Uh oh, battery's going down. This is not charging. Went outside and saw the plug had come a bit loose. When my son was chopping the ice where I asked him to, right in front of the road track, so that I won't spill my ass and uh, break a leg, um, the plug, I guess, jiggled a bit loose. Plugged it back in, bam, Push a few buttons on the fridge to reprogram, sort of to get it to go, no, no, no want propane, no, 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 we don't want DC, we want AC, thank you, bam, it's on. So, with that... As I smoothly transition to the next topic, I went into the fridge today and brought out my cookies. And I thought, uh, before I take my walk here, um, I would eat a quarter of a cookie. Last time, remember, I had that disastrous experience eating a half cookie. But not only that, 
if the bag is correct, and I haven't messed them up, this is a CBD, uh, CB, yeah, it didn't say CBD, I thought, that, yeah, I thought it was, anyway, you know, the cookies that, without the THC, uh, more for the body relaxation, and I thought, well, that would be a good one to have, so I'm taking it out of the bag, I'm going to eat it now, on camera, so to speak, extra candice. Got coffee to wash it down. Oh, drop. Almost eat the whole half. For drop, I was supposed to take a quarter. Now, my prediction is I don't even notice. I won't feel anything at all. But, alright. That's a quarter of a cookie. These two cookies cost me $12, quite a deal. So, it says 60 milligrams CBD. I don't know what Dr. Dave takes. And I haven't tried the little gem I got yesterday. I haven't tried that. And I bought along with me, I think I got a leftover J from goddamn a long time ago. Yeah, a little roach. I'll put that in my pocket too for my walk, just in case. You chug a look, chug a look. One of my big regrets. On the trip that uh, the Barstool Buddha and I did through the Southwest, we drove through um, Roger Miller's hometown, and there was a museum, and we were already going. And it was, it was kind of a, I was in the I was sort of navigator, but uh, the Barstool Buddha Harold was driving, and he didn't like to make sudden stops, especially in a great you know it was a car actually it was a car that trip. We could have. We could have doubled back. But I didn't push on it until it was too late. I was a little, you know, he's setting the agenda. He's driving. He's rented the car. Uh, you know, I, I didn't feel right about being overly aggressive. Now I would be. But I let it go. And to this day, I thought, damn it. You know, what a claim to fame. Oh, yeah. I was in Roger Miller's uh, hometown museum. And, yeah, they had one of his shirts there. And uh, I don't know what else they had. I have no idea what they had, but it would have been interesting, and it would have been a, a, an honor to the poor guy. His, his, his wasn't an easy road. You know, he came out with that hit, and that's all he wanted from him. But um, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Let's take our walk. Uh, am I shouting? I don't think so. Okay, now I'm going to put... I got so much shit. You know, I have one, two... Four hats in the car. I have three thermoses. One with coffee and milk, which I'm not enjoying. One straight black coffee. One water, which I had left in the road trek. It froze. It warped the top. But fortunately, I had a replacement top. And um, 
then I had to pack these CDs, which I had to go through in the... Yeah, I just, you know, life just gets so complicated. Oh, my God. But uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. hope you are, too. I hope you can find a little bit of joy. A little bit of joy in your life, you know? Little things that give you a little bit of joy. Because there's so much shit to deal with. Payments and uh, job and responsibility and children and, oh, my God, cars and shit. Um, just find a little bit of space for yourself, you know, a little, little bit of space, make a little playpen around yourself and, uh, fill up with your little happy toys, a little teddy bear, a little push toy or something, you know, and, uh, just stuff, soft, cushy, stuffy, little teddy, cute little thing to make you happy. Okay? That's my advice. Now we're going to have one more song on the way out. Not this one. But this one. Love that beat. I got a cute little gal in every eastern town from Boston to St. Louis. There's some that I ain't never met, but I'm looking forward to cause I like my women everywhere I go. Oh, yeah. So roll on big wheels and don't you roll so slow. Isn't that backbeat? Peggy Ann is waiting in Memphis. There's a Betty Lou in Maine. Ooh, yeah. I got a good old gal in Knoxville. But I forgot her name, but not her figure. Oh. I remember that. Wow! Cause I'm a piss-stealing, wheeling-feeling, truck-driving son of a gun. Well, there goes Joe, he's a flying load, making up his time. But from where I sit, I don't believe you can say I'm a waste of mine. I'm a moving faster than a Jimmy Eight. If you think I'm a losing time, you're running late. Waiting back home for me There's six more towns to go Before I get back to Tennessee And six more women At least I know Cause I'm a kiss-stealing Wheeling-dealing Truck-driving son of a gun I don't think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate phenomenon in the world that's separate from the laws of matter. I think we should aspire to describe consciousness as an emergent property of matter. I don't think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate phenomenon in the world that's separate from the laws of matter. I think we should aspire to describe consciousness as an emergent property of matter. I don't think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate phenomenon in the world that's separate from the laws of matter. I think we should aspire to describe consciousness as an emergent property of matter. I don't, I don't think, think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate, separate phenomenon in the world that's separate, separate from the laws of matter. matter. I think we should, we should aspire, aspire to describe consciousness as an as emergent, emergent property, property of matter. I don't think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate phenomenon in the world that's separate from the laws of matter. I think we should aspire to describe consciousness 
as an emergent property of matter. I don't think it's necessary to introduce consciousness as a separate phenomenon in the world that's separate from the laws of matter. I think we should aspire to describe consciousness as an emergent property of matter.